Welcome to The Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. Our goal is to share experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at midnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like to join our business discord where we talk about wins, business problems, or general questions, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. Tyler, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Easton. How's it going with you? Do you got a lot of going on or because we're filming basically back to back here? Uh, not a lot of updates this week because like you said, we filmed two days ago. Um, actually we're filming when last week's episode came out, we're filming on Monday. So not a ton of updates, but it's been a little bit crazy. Uh, today's been a full grind of getting stuff done. I'm going to devil's Lake tomorrow morning. Got to leave here at like five 45 and I'll be back at like nine at night. So that kind of sucks. Uh, and then Wednesday we have another shoot and then Thursday I'm gone. So yeah, it's a little hectic getting, uh, everything sorted out, but can't complain. What about you? We're here getting this done, and even though we're filming back to back, pretty much, we're gonna get that done. But yeah, last, <laughs> I guess this happened. I I wouldn't say that me saying follow or subscribe to me on YouTube got me there, but I hit one thousand subs on YouTube, so that's pretty exciting. Hey yo, me 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 sound effects. <laughs> yes, sir. Now we just need to get to that four thousand watch hours. How does it feel to be at a thousand subs? took a long time but i'm realizing that it's consistency and it adds up and what i'm realizing when i look at my metrics if i put in the work and continue this for probably another three to four months max i'm assuming i'll be able to i'll be at that four thousand hour watch mark and i'll be able to get monetized so what i'm realizing consistency and you know i pretty much consistency and quality i guess yeah, one day at a time. Uh, you keep cranking those YouTube videos. I'm curious to see once you do get to the monetization level as to what it starts looking like as far as like money wise. If you're going to be making like yeah. five bucks a week, if you're going to be making a hundred bucks a week. <laughs> yeah, probably closer to five is my guess. I, I'm interested because I don't really know what my niche would be because I know finance, you have the highest cost per view. So if you're in the finance niche, that's where you're going to be making the most money. So I don't really know what I would be in. Maybe I would be in fitness, but fitness, I don't know really what I would be in. And I don't really know what the the payout would be for that. So we'll see. We'll see when we get there. And I'll talk a little bit about that when we do get there yeah. because we are going to get there. We'll do a whole episode on YouTube monetization and how we can get there. Oh, yeah. That won't be bad. Yeah, takes years, but you'll get there. Exactly. I think I started my channel five or six, seven years ago and just hit a thousand like a month ago, but that's obviously not consistent posting. But if you guys mm-hmm. post consistently, you could get there pretty quick. A lot quicker than people think. I think they they don't mm-hmm. realize that. Yeah. I don't know. How quick do you I think don't you know could about that? I guess it depends on the quality of content that you do and how well I guess you share or how well of a network you have and I think it comes down to the quality of content because if you have a really good video, because if you look at Hermosi, Hermosi put out probably some of the best content on business, finance, entrepreneurship, whatever it was. And that's how he was able to skyrocket so much. And I think he's crossed a million subscribers on YouTube. 
And I think the reason for that is because he gave such great information, people would share it. And then YouTube would realize people are sharing this, people are watching the whole video. So that's basically what it comes down to. If you put out a 10-minute video and people only watch 30 seconds of it, YouTube's not going to recommend it. So you got to make it clickable. And then not only that, you got to make sure that the people are sticking around. So if people aren't clicking and they aren't sticking around, YouTube's not even going to recommend you. Yeah, but do you think someone could get to a thousand subs in a year or two if they started their channel from scratch. If they're putting out good, relatable content, yes. Yeah, it just won't take six or seven, like I said. Like, if you do it right, you can get there quicker than people realize. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's only monetization, too. It depends on your niche, too. At the same time, if you're in a niche that only 30 people really want to watch, it's going to be pretty tough. It's going to be a lot harder. going to have to get people into the niche. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thousand subs, what else you got for us, Tyler? I, I didn't include this. It's not really anything crazy, but I think it comes back to my focus and just going everywhere. I was a little hesitant to do it at first, too. But I was just like, you know what? Let's do it. Test it out. See how it goes. I signed up for the Legionnaire program for First Form. And basically what that is, you get a referral link. And then if anyone basically uses that link and they use it for the first time, they basically become my customer. And anytime they place an order, I get a an affiliate on that. Or what, I, th- I guess that's what it would be called. I don't know. I'm blanking on the term. But... A commission. That's what it is. Yep. So I'll get a commission on that anytime. So if you place your first order with First Form and use, use my link, anytime from then on out, you place an order, I continue to get commission on that. So I was like, sure, I'll sign up for it. And apparently there's like coaching. You, you have different social media coaching and a whole bunch of different stuff. The coach reached out to me and he reached out to me like five minutes before I was going to bed. It was like 7.50. And I was like, I'm not going to respond. I'll respond tomorrow. So I responded the next day and he hasn't responded back. So (laughs) I was just thinking about that. Maybe I should reach back out to him and be like, hey, what's going on? Because you're supposed to get like a dedicated coach and there's supposed to be calls that you're supposed to be attending. So I got to make sure that I'm staying on top of it. It was just something I was thinking about. I was like, am I spreading my focus out too thin? Because I've we've talked about this. We did an episode on this. I always say it, am I doing too much? And this is just another thing that I'm adding to it. So I don't know. This isn't really something that I'm going to spend a lot of time doing. It was just like the calls I'm worried about if I, um, you know, if that's going to take up time. But I guess if I have the time, I'm available, might as well join. Yeah, it's good to have there in the background, especially if you can just throw your link out whenever. Uh, Really just, I guess, depends on how much time. I think if you start investing a lot of time, you might be succumbing to the shiny object syndrome, but we'll see. Yeah, I think if I'm able to grow my platform a little bit, my personal brand, and I have this link, I have these referrals, I think that'll only help it in the future. So maybe I did sign up a little prematurely, but at the same time, I got a bunch of supplements out of it. And I I think it'll be cool to just be a part of it and be a part of that culture, be a part of those people and get to network a little bit. So we'll see how it goes. Do they send you a bunch of free free stuff or what? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you get like you get small discounts and then you're supposed to also get uh what's it called like pre-release stuff like that you're able stuff, to try yeah. before yeah before the public gets to try it out so you get to test that stuff out too so 
nothing too crazy. I, maybe they will. I, I know Andy's that kind of guy that will give you some free shit. So we'll see if that ever does happen. But uh, I doubt it because maybe if, if he does, I'm gonna. It's gonna be going to Detroit mailbox and <laughs> because I don't. I, I didn't put my shipping address here. There you go. Well, we'll have to uh, follow up with that uh, as you work through it. Uh, the only update I got: Brokers Twelve client that have been speaking to or they uh, reached out uh, asking for a proposal for 2024. Not sure if they want to add it to their budget or not, but I gave them a few ideas. So sent that over. Uh, really, the only thing I was thinking about as far as this goes, I already have a real estate client. So adding mm-hmm. another one is like, I don't know how to how to go about that. You know, they're competitors, right. but it's not like we sign an exclusivity clause or anything. And I know there right. are specific people, especially, you know, the company you work for, where they strictly do like one set of clients and they're all competitors. Are they not? Yeah. And we do have exclusivity in our contracts where if we hire someone from Chicago, we can't hire another one from Chicago if they have the same services. Are, is that going to be on a retainer for you? It would be likely. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe, th- maybe this is delivering a positive client experience for y- your current one because he's been such a long-standing one. Talking with him before, I don't know. Have you talked with him about it? Mentioned anything? Well, it's it's in the preliminary stages, like the very beginning. So I'm not going to bring it up now. But if they're like, "Hey, we want to do this," then there might be a conversation to be had. Um, but right now, I don't see. I'm I'm not going to tell him now because it doesn't really make sense at the at the current. Current Why does point, it not make sense point. right now? Because they're they're just fielding to see if they even want to do it. If if I send it over and they're like, "Hey, we decided not to," then there's no reason to have that conversation. Okay, what happened? I I don't get why you can't just do, have it now. Because what if he says, "Yeah, I'd prefer you not to do it," then it just eliminates everything. Yeah, but if what if I say, "Hey, I got this," and I sent over this proposal, and then he says, freaks out and says, "Well, we're not working together anymore," and then I lose him, and then I lose the next client. I don't think he would do that because you're asking him first. You're putting you him first. Why would he? Le- why would he leave you? If you say, "Hey, Brokers Twelve came came out, reached out to me, wanted me to work with them," but I'm I, I want to come to you first because I've been working with you. You're my client. I want to put you first. Do you care if I pursue this, or would you rather just me stick with you? He would not leave you. No, you don't know. He that would appreciate. For sure, I am fairly confident that he would not leave you, but you would be willing to put money on that. But if I say, Hey, I sent over a proposal to them, which I already did. Just leave that part out. (laughs) Now we're just retracting information from him. No, you're just saying, Hey, uh, this company came up to me. They are somewhat, they're pretty much a competitor. Would you care if I went with them? Because what happens if they come back and they say, okay, that looks good. Let's do it. Then they have a conversation. But if they say, you know, if it's the same, you know, same price point, let's say it's that, or if it's the same, or if they're like, hey, we want to sign on for a three-year contract. I don't know, man. I would would talk with your current client first because that's going to help deliver a great client experience. Yeah, I will for sure, but not at this point. (laughs) I just don't right. see why Maybe. why you would do it in the preliminary stages. Because you shouldn't even move forward with it. Why not? Why why can't you have multiple clients in the same industry? 
you can. I'm just saying maybe you should ask him if he cares. Yeah, which I will, but I, I'm not I'm not even sure. <laughs> hey, I have this client they're a competitor with you. Well, they already signed. There's yeah, nothing but, you can do. I just wanted to tell you. Yeah, but if it's something where a, a car a car brand came to me, Mercedes, and they said, Hey, we want to do a car commercial. I say, Awesome, I shoot a commercial. And then Toyota comes and they say, Hey, we want to do a car commercial. Do I call Mercedes and say, Hey, can I do a car commercial for Toyota? No, you'd stay with Mercedes because Toyota's ass. Well, why can't you do both? Why can't there be both? Because Mercedes ass or Toyota's is ass. Okay, so you have Mercedes and you have Lamborghini. <laughs> okay, then you move over to Lamborghini because Lamborghini's better. <laughs> so you just pick which one's better. That's your <laughs> philosophy. No, no, I I would you I would either I think that helps deliver a great experience and helps build more trust. Because you're you're being willing to go forward with them and say, "Hey, I just wanted to bring this up, and I thought I would ask you first because I, I thought about you. I have a potential client that came to me and asked if I should, if they if we wanted to work together, together if a partnership would make sense. And I just think that would help build a lot of trust between you and your current client. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just disagreeing on the timing. What if they come right. back to me and they say, "Hey, we want to." move forward with X, Y, Z, then I can go to my client and say, Hey, I have a client, I have a company that's reaching out. Uh, they're looking to do a partnership. And then I say, we're going to meet within the next week, but I wanted to hear what you had to say before. Tomato, tomato. You're not telling them, Hey, they want to do it right now, but just like your scenario where you leave out the information of, Hey, I already sent a proposal over. I personally would have probably, I would personally probably go before and ask, See if see what he thinks, but I guess that's just me. Yeah. Well, you never know. Maybe she emails back. She's like, "Hey, we decide not to do it," and then there's no one's the wiser. Yeah, but what happens if later on they he ends up finding out that you were trying to get this client, and then you never ended up telling him, and then he kind of looks like you were going behind his back trying to get other clients that are in the same industry that are competitors. Then well, that looks bad on you. What's it's not me trying to get that client. I would just say, yeah, they reached out to me and I let them know what our services are, but we decided not to work together. We or they? He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know the difference. See, that's it's the same here, thing as what hearsay, I was saying. Though. It's hearsay. Uh, oh, this is what they said. This is what I said. Who's he going to trust then? <laughs> not you, because you didn't come to him for, at first. Because I'll say, you well, found out through someone else. I'll say I didn't need to come to you. <laughs> all right all right uh moving on to this week's news story uh we're gonna be talking about the prime business model i'm just saying tyler you get in one niche what if you're one niche you you can have different literally all the video production companies i know work with similar clients mm -hmm. so like you can work with four different dental agencies i don't see what mm -hmm. the difference is Unless they hey you say hey I'll sign you I'll be your only client but it's gonna cost you a little bit more for me to be exclusive mm -hmm. to just you. Mm -hmm. Do you not agree? Maybe you could bake that into a next contract. Yeah, and you can have that conversation. But if it's for pennies, then it's like okay. Maybe it's different for your industry, but. That's just Maybe. what I would do. We'll see. Helps build trust, in my opinion. Yeah. News story, uh, prime business model. So we're going to be talking well, about... Let me... <laughs> I know we're moving on, but let me ask you this. Are you scared that he's going to say he he doesn't want you to go with them? Is that what it is? 
no, I don't care what he says one way or the other because I'm going to have to make the decision that I want to make anyways. Gotcha. Because if he says, no, I don't want you to, it's still going to be the decision of, okay, well, either I'm going to or I'm not going to. Now, having that conversation where he says, I don't want you to, and I'm going to say, well, if I do, are we done working together? You know what I mean? Plus, this would start in 2024. His contract is over at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. So. You guys are working on YouTube videos, though. So that's a big future plan. And then maybe he can get monetized. Maybe. He can, uh, he can talk year. to you about the strategy. Um, all right. Year. Moving on from that. Uh, news story this week. Prime <laughs> business model. Uh, KSI, Logan Paul. They have a drink called Prime, if you guys have not seen it. And I, I saw, I can't, I think it was Logan, but he was having a video or he was on a video talking about how there is no marketing plan for prime. Like they don't do any marketing because their marketing is strictly KSI and Logan Paul because they've built personal brands and that's all they really need. What are your thoughts on this Tyler? It's a smart strategy. And that's how a lot of people are approaching business now because people are buying from people, not from businesses anymore. So the better personal brand that you have, the better your business might do as long as it's correlated and your fans or supporters, followers, whatever you want to call them, truly do support you. Because if you look at him, he they both probably had multi-millions of people that knew of them and you put something in front of them that they own or buy or support or whatever it is, people are going to buy it just because of that. So I think it's... It's a really good strategy, Just, and a lot of people are starting to do it. Do you think they got into boxing because they're both like influencer boxers now? Because it's hard to buy a drink from somebody that isn't affected by the drink. So, for example, you know, we use this example all the time. It's hard to take personal training advice from a really fat person, you know? It's like, well, why aren't you doing your own personal training advice? Where if they're selling, oh, this is like uh, not an energy drink because I don't think there's caffeine in it, but this is a performance drink uh, and it makes you feel better and it replenishes your electrolytes, whatever it is. And then they don't even need those features. It's a lot harder to sell than if you're going through a boxing camp and you're thinking, yeah, I drink this every time after I go through a workout. It helps me replenish electrolytes. Do you think that boxing helps them a lot? Like boxing helps build primes sell the, sell the product yeah i think it helps i don't think they did it specifically to market the bottles i think they just saw another avenue for making money making revenue and they decided to go that way and this is something that they already owned and this is something that they already had so why not just promote it as a, as well within um like they may have thought about, I don't know, like the timeline with prime energy drinks and their boxing careers, if you want to call it that. But like that could be that could be a potential reason for it, because I know a lot of people do tune, tune into that stuff. Yeah. For some reason. I think it's a thing where people don't realize these influencers, they get to the point where they have this big following. And then after that, they're like, well. Let's start selling something, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would be curious to see how many influencers actually start with, okay, I'm going to build this personal brand. So eventually I can sell this product, but my end goal is this product. I feel like it's personal brand. It blows up and then they're like, shit, let's sell something. And then they find something. Right. Yeah. I think it's that too. You, you start with yourself and your personal brand and then whatever makes sense. And I guess I, 
I, I wouldn't say prime energy drinks necessarily made sense with their branding, but um, they had the the following. So yeah. I, I wonder, I'm assuming they didn't just come up with it on their own. I'm assuming someone came to them and then they are now like that. There's got to be a silent partner in there somewhere. Yeah, I saw guess. a thing on, I mean, it was a TikTok comment, so you can't really take that for true. 100% true, but they were saying that Logan Paul and KSI are just the faces of Prime and that somebody owns right. a bigger percent of it. I think they each own like 20% or something like that, 30%. But that's a lot of different companies. You know, Dave Portnoy didn't own 100% of Barstool. He sold some of it off. So I think a lot of companies are like that. They're just the faces of Prime, but it's an interesting uh, concept to build that personal brand and then switch to selling a product off of that personal brand. Maybe we can do a full episode on that, Tyler. Yeah, I'm looking it up and it looks like Logan and KSI each have 20%. So there is someone else in there that owns, that's approximately 60%. So they probably just came to them, said, hey, we got this drink, be, be faces of it and we're going to make bank. And yeah. now they got the partnership with, I don't know if it's like the Euro League or if it's a specific team. I saw he, Logan Paul was on a podcast with Mark Cuban and he somewhat pitched him for Prime to be the Dallas Mavericks drink. The official drink of the Dallas Mavericks, yeah. Right. But I think the way I interpreted it was Logan has to invest into Dallas or something like that. They, Logan has to pay Dallas and then Dallas will carry the drink is what it seemed like to me. Yeah. I'm curious to see how those partnerships go, how that works. Yeah. Do you just pay the team and then they just slap your logo everywhere and then start selling it at the games or... Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's the sponsorship, isn't it? Yeah. It's... Yeah. I think that's what it is. Hmm. Because when you think... Yeah. I I don't know. Because like when you, you think about college, college football... I know Michigan has Jordan, like that's on all on their jer jerseys. Yeah. So I guess Jordan would be paying Michigan, and then they just supply all the equipment. I don't yeah. Well, Jordan I guess that's how sponsorship pay, works. Pay for the equipment. Yeah. We're really getting into the weeds. Know. How does sponsorship <laughs> work? <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, we'll maybe do a full episode on uh, sponsorships, and we'll do a full episode on personal brand <laughs> sponsorships. Yeah. You have much experience with sponsorships. None, but we can do some research. <laughs> is this, does this get back into our one episode where we talked about, what was it? Um, what was it? Come on, you know what it is. We're, you're regurgitating information yep. as opposed to actually doing it. Yeah, we're going to regurgitate I, some information I, that episode. I think personal branding. We Like even when you look at Andy Frisella, Andy Frisella's brand has blown up and that's, influenced his companies that he owns. I wouldn't say it's significantly because his companies were already huge. I think it's helped quite a bit, but at the same time, he built a personal brand. I think at the same time, he had it the whole time, but the more his personal brand grew, the more his businesses grew. Yeah. Personal brand, interesting topic. We'll do a full episode on it and then we'll go from there, but uh, let's get like into it. this week's topic. How's your personal brand going? It's going stellar. Um, it's going great. <laughs> At a, thousand gang. at a thousand YouTube subs. Um, so we're going to be talking about how to create a great client experience. Uh, I personally think that it starts with the processes. You always resort. I think it's in the book. I haven't finished it. Atomic Habits. But you don't mm. 
I can't remember what the saying was, but the, the end part of it was you fall to the level of your systems or you fall to the level of your processes. So at the end of the day, you're only as successful as your processes and your systems are. And I think that goes for a client experience too, where when a client starts working with you uh, and goes through the process of whatever your product or service is, it starts from what you have implemented it for them to walk through. It's almost like going through a roadmap. Tyler, would you agree? Yeah. A, I know that's one thing that we've worked on a ton at where I work and they've changed it and tweaked it constantly over the years. And I, I think that's one huge thing that is extremely important because if you don't have good processes up front and once you get onboarded and then you're all in there, that's going to determine if it's going to be a good relationship or not, or at least getting off to a good relationship. And you don't really want to start a relationship rocky. And I know a lot of the times we've had a lot of clients come on and we've started out on the wrong side of the bed or whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy. So it's, if you have like that good process in there where you're able to have them in there and they start off very successfully, very happy, get some quick wins, that's huge for them because that's just going to influence the later relationship of the two of you guys working together. Yeah. I think it a hundred percent starts with the onboarding process, which I never had an onboarding process, (laughs) but I implemented one within the last year and I've seen a lot happier clients. I don't know if they're happier, but you can tell like, they're like, Oh, this is a process. We got to go through it. Like, Now we're a part of it. I paid you money and now things are actually happening instead of paying Mm -hmm. someone money. And then it's like, okay, when do you want to shoot? It's like, oh, that's how it starts. That's, that's the process. So the onboarding (laughs) process is, I got paid. Yeah. It's like (laughs) sick. Uh, Go find another person. So the onboarding process, (laughs) I started to implement, you know, there's a template email that says, you know, welcome to Bennett Creative Media. It gives them a walkthrough video, uh, a little form for them to fill out. And then we go and do a kickoff call, which is talking about expectations. Did we do an episode on process? I can't remember. But talking about um, the expectations for the project and then a brainstorming session. So it really feels like the ball's moving and that they're getting their money worth right off the bat. Yeah, I... I know a lot of this stuff, it's just making me think about you and the course that you signed up for because a lot of this stuff ended up happening. And then I just started thinking like, do you you still participate much in all that stuff that that you have going on that you're paying for monthly? Yeah. You don't want to be paying for (laughs) it. I still do all the processes and systems and everything they taught, but I'm less active in like the calls that they have. But everything okay. that they've taught and everything, like I'm still implementing that, like the kickoff calls and the the strategy calls and pitch decks and contract videos and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still doing all of that. It's just less hands-on actually in the calls asking questions. Do you think they had a good onboarding process? Yeah. Because I'm assuming good. they had onboarding. It's pretty similar to actually what they teach in the course. Which is kind of yeah. cool to see that, you know, they're teaching the How same thing they're implementing. So did they did they send you a funny picture with a meme? No, they sent me a book. And a right. sweatshirt. Yeah. Thinking grow rich, I think. Yeah. Yep. That was it. Do you do you send your clients anything? Uh I have a little uh <laughs> gift card note thing, yes. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> the meme? 
It is the meme, yeah. <laughs> Hold the new, the, do you still the, do that? Nobel Peace Prize. For new clients, yeah. I mean, for a lot of times yeah. where it's like a monthly retainer or someone I've worked with before, I don't, which maybe yeah. I should start sending them new stuff, just like yeah. random stuff every time. But yeah, I did that. Right. And then, I mean, we're going to get into this, some of this stuff too. I guess we can kind of cut right to that. Giving people stuff is another way to make that client experience special to them. Uh, one thing I started doing in that form that I send out, they have to put their birthday on there. And then I just put it in my calendar, so-and-so's birthday on November 17th. And then I just send a text message or a quick video saying, hey, happy birthday. I'm glad we got to work together, X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. Or, you know, anniversary or some handwritten notes. Um, if you write them a handwritten note compared to sending them an email saying, hey, thanks for working together. But if it's handwritten, it, it feels a little bit warmer. It feels like you have more of a, a relationship. Uh, the funny pictures, the memes that I send, those are things that you can send away and it doesn't cost you very much time. It doesn't cost you very much money, but it does give that client a better experience. Is that what they teach you with the birthday messages to just send them a text on their birthday? No, they do a video. Mm. Just a quick selfie like, hey, happy birthday, Samantha. I don't think giving them a little gift would be better. Maybe like a Starbucks gift card or... Yeah. Maybe a donut or... <laughs> you could do that know. too. Maybe learn something about them and then give it, give give them something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can I go like would be better. as in-depth as you want to. They just do, you know, hey, Samantha, I just rem- happy birthday. I was just reminiscing on that awesome project we had and remember when Mike fell in the snow on the shoot. Uh, it was a good time. So have a good day. Uh, hope to hear from you soon. Whatever it might be, just a quick 20-second video. But yeah, I mean, if you wanted to send uh, your client's Starbucks gift cards or get them a box of donuts, whatever it might be. That's definitely not frowned upon. Yeah. Just because I know, I'm pretty sure you put in there when you ask for the birthday, it's like, we like to give gifts or something. I don't know what what the exact verbiage is, but something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically enough, I haven't even had a client birthday like come up since I started that. It's like all at the end of the year and at the beginning of next year. Hmm. I'm like, none of so you born in be... the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have to be sending some out. Yep. You're going to have to be shipping some stuff off. I did uh, for Christmas gifts this year or birthday gifts. I did order a bunch of Hormozy's book that I'm going to give to a bunch of clients. Uh, um, and then I think I'm going to do some that'll like, be good. cookies, personalized cookies. Um, I think we talked like about that. that before on the oh, show yeah. um, for Christmas. So we'll do that um, here coming up. But I think books is good. I got nine, nine of those books left. And then I think I'm going to get some more specifically tailored books. If it's a specific client where that wouldn't work. Um, I think it'll work for every, uh, business, but tailored a little bit more. I, I know we were talking about this a little bit when I think you were getting cookies for a client and I think you were saying to, you were going to put your logo on it. And I was like, no, don't put your logo. You got to put their logo on it. I think that just goes into if you are going to give your client or whoever it is a gift and it is going to be branded, you want to make sure that it's branded towards something that they like and it's theirs. And so if you maybe given a pen, maybe given a hat, I think it's a lot better to have their brand on it because then it's something that they actually support and believe in, especially with these cookies or cupcakes. So if you're getting like personalized cookies 
and they're able to add some icing on it and then you can put like a logo on it. It's just putting their logo on it because they're going to appreciate that a lot more. They might not even eat it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, they will. Just keep it there on the shelf. Look at these cookies. <laughs> right. They're going to frame it. Yeah. <laughs> but that goes back to, yeah, any any gifts you can give a client, it's going to make that client experience much better. Think of something creative, something unique that's a little bit different than just doing the average thing that everyone does, you know, bottle of wine for your birthday. Everyone does a bottle of wine. Do something yeah. Do something different. Do something fun. I got, I got a story about that. I think it was my birthday. And then someone gave me wine for my birthday. And I was like, they gave it to my mom because it's like my parents' friend to give to me. And I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you got you to gotta know the person when, he, when, when you're giving them shit. Because if they don't eat sugar, they don't eat donuts, they don't eat cookies, they don't drink wine, they don't drink alcohol. You got to make sure that you know that. Maybe they're allergic. Maybe maybe they're allergic to peanut butter. Don't give them peanut butter cookies. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know this shit. And it's nice. I know you that's know, if, tough to find out, but... If someone would have gifted you some Iron Man stuff or something like that, maybe you'd have been like, oh, this is sick. Or, you know, here's a thing of oh, supplements yeah. that you... I always see a box of LMNT or whatever those things are you have, you know? Oh, yeah. That'd it's be a little, sick. It's a little bit I'd more... Yeah, if anyone so there wants you go. to give me shit. I gave, I gave you guys the keys to Tyler's heart. Um, the other thing is, you know, being active, whether it's not with just the gifts, but just being present throughout the whole process. So sending emails promptly, sending updates. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, just let them know. One thing I always do is say, hey, we just dumped your footage onto the hard drive. Our editing team is taking care of it. Just wanted to give you a quick update. Something right. like that. Or, hey, we just sent off yeah. the order to get the professional voiceover. Just wanted to give you an update where the uh, project is at at this point. Exactly. That's perfect explanation of what you do. You you can even include something at the end. Don't need a reply. I just wanted to keep you in the loop because, especially with the onboarding process, you're going through everything that you need to do to get them in there. And there might be a couple week phase or maybe even a month where they don't hear from you. You're just doing all this stuff in the background. And they might not, they might think, hey, what the fuck's going on here? Where if you are actually emailing them and keeping them in the loop, hey, got everything on HubSpot. We're slowly making progress. Don't need a reply to this email. Just wanted to keep you updated. And then if you're able to update them, maybe after like every week or every couple of days, every significant moving piece that gets moved then that that shows that you're actually doing something whereas if you don't send any of those emails they might think you're not doing anything yeah so it's just keeping them in the loop making sure that you're thinking of them you're moving the pieces and it's getting closer to actually being onboarded and it makes them feel more connected to the process that's what's nice about it because the more you feel like you guys are doing this service or this project or whatever it is together, the better they're going to feel about it rather than, hey, here's a check. And then a month and a half down the road, you say, oh, that was fun. I had fun. Here's your product. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that if you go down to the retail side where you order something and then it shows up, that's fine. But once you get more into the service side of things where you're having a lot of client communication, it helps to feel like you guys are doing whatever it is together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a collaboration. It's not one-sided. You got to keep it keep it within the two of you or however many people are in the party and just keeping everyone. In. And now, that was one thing that my client told me when I was doing, when I fucked up. She was just like, I, I knew you had 
great communication and you're just attentive and you're always staying up to date and making sure everything's good. I knew I was in safe hands just because of your communication and all that. So I think that's just one thing to make sure that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And then they feel like, yeah, as long as they feel like they're a part of the process. Another thing that I really like to do is to under promise and over deliver. I'm sure you guys have heard it a thousand times, but obviously whatever you promise you're going to give the client, whether it's this service, uh, you should probably be giving them that service that you promised, but also give them extra stuff on top of that. One example that I like to do is if we're shooting a video project, uh, we'll go take a bunch of B-roll for the actual video to put together the campaign. But there's times when I bring a photographer to take still images of what we're shooting B-roll wise. So then they have a folder of still images that they can use for their own promotional stuff on social media or whatever it might be. So they're not expecting those photos. They're not expecting that extra deliverable. But when you send that email that says, hey, your video project is done. Here's the link. Also, our photographer snapped some photos. Here's 30 photos from uh, the shoot that you can use for your other promotional activities. I like that. I don't know how often you do that, but I feel like that's a pretty solid idea just because you're you're hiring that person for you, your personal use to get that those photos. You already have the photos now. So it's like, why not just share it with them? Give them a little bit of that extra deliverable. And that's something that we do at work. Like sometimes like one of the core values is uh, deliver positive customer experience. So if you, if you have an opportunity to do that, maybe it's like give a couple extra social media posts or maybe an extra email this month just to deliver a positive customer experience. I think that's just a good way to go about it. Yeah. And I think the key to this strategy, don't tell them because then they're expecting it. Right. Just give it to them. <laughs> just wait till the end and then give it to them. Yes. So a little bit, I got a story on this that I just saw the other day from someone in Arate. He owns a landscaping company. And I think in the winter, he he hangs Christmas lights. And he ended up doing this family's Christmas lights for free because there was one, there was a kid, one of their kids. He was just always like smiling, always laughing, loved talking with the his team and his, him. And he ended up going through cancer and then he ended, I don't know if he ended up beating it or whatever it was, but I just know he went through cancer and he decided to go to these people's house and hang their Christmas lights for free just because like the the interactions and everything that this guy's done for, for them. And it's just been so positive between the two of them. So he just decided to do that for, because it's, it's more than just, but just a business that's, you know, connecting with people and building those relationships. It's way better when you surprise someone to do that because if you tell them too early, then it almost turns into, well, now we need to have some direction on it, right? So if I say, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to give you some photos too, then there's a conversation about, well, what do do we want the photos to look like? How should we start? And I'm like, (laughs) it's not how this goes. So if you just do it and then give it to them or whatever. You can take the photos or you can not take the photos. Yeah, (laughs) or if you're ordering something online and maybe they throw in a sample of their newest product, Awesome. But if they, you know, give you the option at the end, look at our new products. And then you're like, well, I want this flavor and I want this quantity and this size, but it's, it just gets too much, but it feels much more appreciated when you open up your package and you open up and there's just an extra little thing in there says, Hey, we just released this new product. Wanted you to try one. Then it's like, Oh shit, this is awesome. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that first form always does. They always do the handwritten notes whenever you 
place an order and a few of the times I haven't been getting them, <laughs> been a little bit disappointed because I, I typically expect them. Yep. And then when I signed up for this Legionnaire program and then I ordered the stuff, I expected a note and something along the lines of thanks for joining or something like that. And I didn't get any note and I was kind of upset about that. So that's one shitty thing about it. Tyler's a note whore. <laughs> I got them all saved in here. Call him. Where's I'm my damn saying. notes? <laughs> Uh, last thing yeah, I kind of no, wanted to touch on Tyler is that we've had this conversation before, try to make them feel like they're your only client. You're going above and beyond to make sure that they're informed during the whole process, that they know what's happening. They know what to expect. They know what they're getting delivered. And like you said, it is a partnership. It is a collaboration. And if you can make them feel like you're their number one priority, you're working solely with them and it's almost like you're an in-house person for their company it just makes them feel a little bit better yeah a good way to look at that is just basically if they are your only customer and the only way you can gain another customer is through them telling someone else that's just what the way you want to think about that with basically everyone even like your employees like that's the way you want to be thinking about it like if your only way to gain new employees is from your current employees you want to make sure that you're treating those employees the best you possibly can giving them everything that you can and just going above and beyond and that goes to i wouldn't really go to the same route as under promise over deliver but it's just making sure that you're going above and beyond for both your employees and anything that any of your clients because if they have an amazing experience they're more willing to share that experience with someone else yeah and you never know who they're going to tell or who they know or how the word is going to get spread so you know if they tell their sister and their sister has a husband that owns a company maybe you get that client too just because they heard it through the grapevine mm-hmm. you never know Tyler, anything else on customer experience i think we gave a pretty thorough breakdown there a lot of ideas for people to start implementing yeah, I I think the handwritten... So one thing that Andy always says is... What is it? I want to... I'm going to butcher this. It's like the something... The something is in the inefficiencies. What is the something? I can't remember what the something is, but everything's in the inefficiencies. So if, it's, if it seems inefficient, it most likely is benefiting the customer. And that's what he talks about because of his, his handwritten notes. That's inefficient for him, the the, his employees to do, and that slows down everything. And now he has to have people actually handwrite notes, but that gives some sort of joy for the customers that place the orders they're like oh wow this is a personal handwritten note it's not something that's like well we did it wrong like riley and myself we did it wrong because we bought a whole shit ton of business cards <laughs> that said the exact same message and then we included that in every single thing and it just doesn't have the same effect that a handwritten note does we we did a few of them it was funny i can't remember the one but it riley did pretty good with it because it was like a play on her name and it was just, it was, it was funny. Yeah. I can't remember it though. It was a long time ago. Back in the old days, back in the Nuevo back. days. Uh, <laughs> back in the old days. I One strategy I saw, I actually ordered like a duffel bag, um, just a nice like leather bag. And I got a note in the bag that said, hey, thanks for your order, whatever. It wasn't handwritten. It looked typed, but um, it just said, hey, thanks for your order. Hope you like the product. If you leave a review of the bag, we will send you a free 
whatever bag, like a little, not a pencil bag, but like a smaller bag. And all you have to do is send a screenshot of your review, email it to this email address, and we'll send you a free bag. And I was like, that's awesome. So that's a good way to get reviews uh, is to promise something cheap or whatever it might be. Um, So if you have a product-based business, maybe that's something you can implement. So the interesting thing about that is they don't like when you do something like that in RTA. They say that's poor business strategy. Why is that? Because you're asking for the review. You you basically want to give such a great great experience that they give the review on their own and you aren't saying hey, go and leave the review. They they gave other examples like um so for you, for example, it was actually like a photography um, example. If you say um, you're like at an event or something and then you see like Lil Uzi, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Maybe just some random person. And then you take a bunch of videos and then you say, I'll send you... So you send it to them and then maybe you send only like two to five and you're like, I'll give you the rest of the 30 if you leave a review for me. Yeah, but I think it's, I look at it as I, my experience with the bag, the original bag that I ordered, I loved it. Awesome product. Really like I was super happy with it. I was super excited, but I'm not the kind of guy that ever leaves reviews on anything. It's not that I didn't like it. Not that I didn't want to tell people. It's just, I don't even know when the last time I left a review was. And I think it takes a special person that goes out of their way to go to Google or to go to someone's Facebook page to specifically leave a review. When was the last time you left a review? For first form. When was that? Did you say put me my give me my fucking note? Uh <laughs> four stars. I didn't get a personalized note. Yeah. No. I think it was around April when I was at your place, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. It was I, I think I reviewed a couple of the products. Um I think it just depends. Maybe you just haven't bought from a brand or business or someone that you truly support. I Actually, I reviewed your your business. Yeah, it's because um, we're buddies. I reviewed. <laughs> nah, Kinda. I, nah, that's not why. I I reviewed uh, my old coworker's business. I think I think there's a fine line. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to ask for it all the time. After I shoot with a new client, I say, "Hey, if you really enjoyed your experience, we'd love a review." Half the time they don't leave one, which is fine. Half the time they do. So. Um, I don't think it's bad to ask for it. A lot of times, like people like me, I would never think about it. A, a, a business that I go to where I have an awesome experience. I love Ebenezer's and Minot. I've never left a review on their page. You know, probably my favorite restaurant and I've never left a review where I think there are a lot of people like that that just don't think about it where a lot of people might only go leave a review if they have a bad experience. Yeah, I think a restaurant's a little bit different. I think something that... um I'm trying to think like maybe if it was like a smaller business that you like if there was a BH photo, B&H photo, whatever it's called, but it was like a locally owned and it was like something that you truly support. I think you'd be more inclined to do that because like restaurants different, you know? Yeah. But truly support. How do you get to the point where you're truly supporting it? You got it. That takes years and years. I would you've say, been you've been listening to Andy's content and everything before you got any first form, so to, so you can yeah. truly support that, you know. 
I, this is the first yeah. time I ever ordered a bag from this company. Am I supposed to truly support them and leave a review? Or do I have to just order 15 more bags and be like, okay, now I like these guys. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's bad. I, I guess ask, at the same time, I, that, I understand what you mean by incentivizing people. Yeah. I guess at the same time, that review is going to be kind of fake because if you're only leaving it for that specific purpose and you've ne never or you haven't had the bag long enough to be able to talk about it, brag about it, to say how good it is. Some, yeah, some might be, some might be just wanting the product, but, um, if, if you don't like the product, what's the reason that you'd want another one of their shitty products? You know, if I got a bag and it was busted off and the clip sucked, I'm not going to leave a good review just to, and it didn't say you have to leave a good or bad review. You can go on there and leave a three-star review and say, ah, the bag's okay, but I don't think you're going to go on there and leave a one-star review and <laughs> expect the bag. Yeah. Well, and that's you can try it. You could be like, you try it out, try it out next time. Well, that's the thing about asking, you know, uh, you get, if, if you want to leave a one star, you're probably not leaving a review because you don't want that free product. I think I almost left a review once because they did that. It was someone on Amazon. They created this sob story. They're like, we're a small business. COVID is ruining us. We're trying to help us and leave us a review on Amazon because we're struggling and we're barely surviving and a review would mean everything. And I felt like going on there and saying they're begging for reviews. <laughs> if you, did you get one of their products? Yes. Did that's you like it? I got the email. I don't remember what it was. So you so must that's how liked. good it was. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's why you wouldn't go leave a review, but I guarantee if you really liked their product and you enjoyed it, you'd be like, I'll go leave a review for you guys. I can help you out. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I didn't like that message. Yeah. Fully. Did, I think it's a, it, it's, a, it's a guilt trip. I think it falls on what you think of their product. Cause I promise you, if I it's didn't like their bag, I'd have been like, ah, well, I don't give a shit about that bag. I can tell you if first form would send me those emails, I wouldn't leave a review. I probably wouldn't even support them to be honest. If first form said, Hey, if you liked our new uh, protein powder, we just came up with, we'd love no, a review and we'll send different. you a free box of, that's the same That's thing. Different. If you like, no, 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 no. If they said no, if they said we're struggling, COVID. The oh yeah, I don't agree with that. Us. Yeah, I'm just saying the ask of hey, if you really enjoyed the product, we'd love a review. Uh, if you send us a screenshot, we'll send you a free pencil bag. But if if, if first form was like, hey, if you like this new protein powder, send a screenshot of your review. We'll send you a box of these protein bars or whatever it is. I might because our protein bars are so good. Yeah, exactly. See, it's, <laughs> it falls on if you like the product. If their protein powder yeah, sucked exactly. balls, would you review it and be like, "This sucked, but I want the free bars"? <laughs> I wouldn't be take. I wouldn't be buying the protein if it sucked. Well, exactly. So it falls on if the product's good or not, depending on if you take the bait to do their review. Yeah, so. I guess so. All right, uh, let's talk about this week's it, business it, idea. You got some more? Let's yeah. go. Let's hear it. <laughs> no. Well, good. Let's Are you hear sure? your business idea. Yeah, let's hear your business idea. Um, space view. That's what I'm going to call it. Basically, it weighs on finding a space to do something in. Specifically for me, it's video shoots. Uh, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, just use peer space. Well, one, peer space isn't here. And two, peer space is just spaces that you scroll through. But I think with the development of AI... Uh, you can go into this AI generator, like a chat GPT type thing and say, hey, we're shooting a commercial. 
and we need a house that has high ceilings and it has whatever furniture or a bright kitchen, whatever it might be. You tell it what you want and then it pops up and gives you locations that you can either rent or, I mean, it'd be hard in North Dakota because these things don't exist where you go rent places to shoot in, but even a little bit bigger cities like Minneapolis or something like that. But uh, they give you a list of like your tailored and curated spaces rather than you having to find them yourself. So how do you, what, what, so would this be specific to photography and videography? I think any, anytime you have to rent a space. So maybe it's for an event, you know, maybe you're like, Hey, I need an Uh, event and I need a ballroom that has super high ceilings. Right. uh, Or, you know, you need something. I need a basement because we're doing an underground DJ. It's like, Oh, well, here's a bunch Uh of basement looking places, or here's a bunch of basements you can rent instead of scrolling through peer space or this rental and be like, I got to find a space. This just minimizes the process because I don't see why AI couldn't generate those things. Maybe the person hosting it has to type in like a bunch of different keywords, like basement, high uh-huh. ceilings, whatever it might be, and then it auto populates the specific ones. So at the start, you said people are going to say, "Why don't you just use this?" And you're like, "We don't have that in Mana." Is it the same thing as that thing that you mentioned at the start? No, Pure Space is just a, a thing where you can go on there and rent a space. But I don't think the search is as good as I wish it was. So which would be this new search? Yeah, that would be good too. <laughs> if if Pure Space would just use AI, um, that'd be fantastic. So if Pure Space is listening, get get a better. There's search. your business idea. It's not that bad. It's not horrible. Okay. But that's because that's the main thing, especially my area. I've, we're shooting a project, and this is super niche. But we're shooting a project, <laughs> and the home is a home that was just on fire. So like we need it. Like it just burned down, and they cleaned everything up. And it'd be nice if I could find a space like that, or I had to find a home to shoot in. Um, and there were a specific, there were a couple of specific criteria that I wanted for this home, you know, open layout. I needed it to be new. I needed it to be renovated. Um, so instead of Airbnb. scrolling, th- yeah, but you, we don't have that here. Um, but instead of scrolling <laughs> through and being like, ah, that what house, you have works. There? not a ton, not a ton. You live here, you know what we have. And you still live there. Ah, yeah, it's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. Um, but yeah, You're that's not wrong. That's uh, no one wants to live there and you spa- have nothing. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but we're here. Um, but that's space view. So if I could just go on there and find everything I needed to shoot in, that would be stellar. Okay. Not my greatest, but I thought of it last week and I thought uh, we could talk about it. All right. Yeah. Tyler, you got anything else? So, no, that's everything. All righty. That's episode 62 of the Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at the Midnight Entrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you found if you found value in this content or found this entertaining, me and Tyler's bickering, share this with a friend or post it on your story. <laughs> and if you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review wherever you are listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of the Midnight Entrepreneur. Treat the customer like you want. Oh man. Treat the customer like you would want to be treated. Wow, that was bad. (laughs) Brad Schwag.